Hey there. So we all struggle from time to time. We all could benefit from taking small steps forward. So in case you didn't know, I've got 15 mini e-courses and right now they are all only $15 each. So where do you land these days? If you would give anything for a clean slate, I've got fresh starts. If you want to work on some of your childhood stuff, childhood wounds is for you. If you long to feel closer to Jesus, intimacy with God, if you want to use your gifts to bring redemption, beauty for ashes. If you are bored out of your mind, try unstuck. If you want to live more authentically and contentedly, meaningful life is for you. If you struggle with overwhelm and anxiety, worry and trust can help. If you are struggling with at least one precarious relationship, Relationships 201 is filled with practical tools. If you're adjusting to one or all of your children leaving, try emptying your nest. If you are engaged or about to be remarried, remarriage ready is for you. If you are adjusting to remarriage, try remarriage rough. If you want to use your gifts of writing and communication, so you want to be a writer. If you want to figure out what your needs are and how to get them met, try what are my needs. And if you know that there are some things not quite right, but you're not sure what healing and wholeness can help. Each come with three or four weekly readings and journaling exercises. You can check them all out at elizabethkline.com slash courses, and I'll post a link in the show notes. Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that though God is never changing, we always are. Today, we're going to talk about some things that I vehemently believed in my 20s and into my 30s, but I just don't believe hold true anymore. And before I jump in with my specific list, and I say this with love and gentleness, that if you think you believe every single thing now that you did 5, 10, 20 years ago, you might want to ask yourself about that. Because every day we should be learning and we should be growing. God promises us in Philippians 1.6 that being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. We are being changed or at least we should be open to it, to what God wants us to learn, what God wants to do in us. Okay, so I'm just going to ramble on a few of these topics for a little bit. But before I jump in, you can listen to episode eight and 11 for some things I actually do still believe. <laughs> I come to think of it, I guess every episode of all that to say is what I believe. Otherwise, I wouldn't be putting it out there, but there you go. Okay, so these were just some random things that I was thinking about how differently I have changed over the years. Um, I'm going to start super light and fluffy with women's and men's roles. <laughs> so I did a whole rant uh, in episode 62 about this, but I'm going to sum it up. When I became a Christian at 15, I was given the impression that there was a certain way, the only biblical way to do things in the home and in the church. Men are in charge. And despite having gifts of leadership and such, I begrudgingly swallowed the complementarian way, which is basically that men and women are created and loved equally, but men can do all the things at church and at home, and women can do just 
some of the things. Most of the things, but not all of the things. Well, ugh, I just don't buy it anymore. First of all, my first marriage changed me completely. My second marriage is healing me. And I genuinely believe that men and women are created and loved and gifted equally, and both can do the things. So there you go. I'm not planning to pastor a church anytime soon, but that's now where I land. Divorce. I used to think that divorce was the unforgivable sin. I'm not sure why. And I thought you could only divorce if you were cheated on or if your spouse left you. And I thought that I could not get a divorce. Literally could not, as if it were the one area of life that I didn't have free will. So I didn't get one. And instead, I prayed for my death. I now believe that every marriage is different and that things like addiction and abuse land under the Old Testament allowance for divorce from abandonment. I now believe I could have been the one to file for divorce. A, without waiting on my then husband to divorce me, which is what happened. And B, without waiting on 10 other people to give me permission from my church. With all that said, though, I'm still grateful that my story played out the way that it did. It was a protection and a provision for me. I do still believe that. Okay, another one is the phrase kingdom building. I don't know if people still use this. Um, it was big, what I feel like in the 80s and 90s with like the seeker model and, um, you know, taking hills for God. And I still believe we quote unquote should spend our lives building the kingdom of God, but I just look at it differently now. I think in my earlier years, early to mid 20s through mid to late 30s, I counted th only things like when I wrote or when I was speaking at a, an event, when I was maybe leading a small group, when I was leading the women's ministry, when I was um, organizing a women's event, when I worked on staff at my church, those were the kingdom building things. These days, I pretty much believe that anything at all that we do for the Lord with a posture of humility for another person, like every word of kindness, every time we show someone love, when we give a gift, when we leave a note, when we mop the floor, when we pray a prayer and on and on, that's kill, kill, building the kingdom of God because it's acting like Jesus would act. I also used to believe kingdom building was the most important work and therefore it was justified to take so much of my time. And therefore, it was not only okay that I was working so hard, it was what I should be doing as a Christian woman, that exhaustion was a badge of honor. Back in the day, like, let's say, I don't know, up until the 80s, maybe, when someone asked you how you are, what was the collective answer? What was the culturally approved answer? Fine. How are you? Fine. Right? But have you noticed that the answer to how are you has changed to so busy? I'm so busy. Again, like a badge of honor. If anyone were to answer with, you know, not much is going on and uh, I'm just kind of living a slow paced life. 
you'd probably be laughed at. Um, I knew things had to change for me one day when my kids were school age. My daughter was working on homework in the dining room at the dining room table. I was in the kitchen. Um, we were like in each other's, you know, line of sight. I was standing at the counter with my work laptop open. I was working at um, our church at the time. Um, I was there <laughs> with her. I had made a commitment to myself that I would be, I would be home every single day after my children got home from school, that I would be with them. Um, but I was there, but I was also kind of not there, if you know what I'm saying. And she was working on spelling words and she had to write a sentence using the word exhausted. Again, reminder, I was on staff at our church and her sentence was when mommy, mommy comes home from work, she's exhausted. I mean, <laughs> I could tear up right now remembering how I felt when she said that. I didn't want my children to learn that ministry means running yourself into the ground, especially for a girl turning into a woman that, um, church equals exhaustion equals that's the way it's supposed to be. And sure, I'm 20 years older than when that conversation happened. And my energy level is lower than it was back then. Um, but my chosen pace of life now is slow and quiet. Author Shauna Nequa says that her life is better when it's smaller and slower. And author Emily P. Freeman says that we are free to dream small. These days, I have fewer friends. I have fewer places to go. I have fewer things to do, though I do have things to do that are meaningful. I have a smaller circle of people who are my main people. My work is mostly from home, meaning around my home and doing my work from my laptop. Um, it's not grand anymore. Uh, there will more than likely be no more books, probably only a few speaking events here and there. And that is so okay. I'm building the kingdom now when I post something encouraging on Facebook, when I respond to an email with love, when I write a new blog post or create a new podcast episode. But more importantly to me, and I think to Jesus even, I am quote unquote building the kingdom, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth when I spend time with the Lord, when I am making my husband's coffee, when I'm sending out his vitamins, when I send my kids a text, when I check in with my friends and parents, when I take a walk outside and I stop to notice how the light is shimmering through the snow on an evergreen branch, it all matters. It's all bringing heaven to earth, which this kind of dovetails into the next one, hustle. Oh, my lands, what I feel about hustle now. I don't hustle anymore. I hustled for, I don't know, 25 years and I just don't do it anymore. Again, it could be my age. It could be that I'm on this side of so many precious dreams coming true. Who knows? But also, I think I was hustling to garner validation for my worth, and I'm done with that noise. I heard this beautiful quote from author Sarah Haggerty. There are kind eyes for me, even when I'm not producing. 
There are kind eyes for you, even when you're not producing. Yes, yes, there are. Who was I hustling for all those years? I mean, that's a mixed bag. I'm sure I could answer this 10 different ways. At first, I think it was because there were so many things I wanted to do. I did have many dreams, but I also wanted to impress people. I hate to say this. I legit wanted people to look at me and think, how does she do all that while raising a family? I know, Ugh, I am not proud of that realization. Then I realized I, I was hustling to prove my worth to someone who I'd longed to make proud for years. But then with the help of a therapist, I realized that this person and I have pretty different value systems. So unless I changed what I believe and the actual work I was doing and the way in which I was doing my work, I was never going to get that affirmation. So I don't hustle anymore. And it is so freeing. And that brings me to this one that I'll share about today, this last one. Only one opinion of me matters. I touch on this in much more detail in episode four, but basically if it's not my business, what anyone else thinks of me, and if the apostle Paul says that he doesn't care what anyone thinks of him, who am I to argue with Paul? In fact, I was on a walk um, a few months ago and out of the blue, um, I felt Jesus impress something upon my spirit. It was on an issue that I wrestled with my whole life, but I hadn't been even thinking about in that moment. And I felt him say this to me, only you and I need to love your life. Only you and I need to be okay with your choices. I was like, um, what? <laughs> okay. And thank you. And how healing and freeing is that? And how precious and intimate of Jesus is that? And though he, you know, said that to me, you might need to hear those words. Only you and Jesus need to love your life. Only you and Jesus need to be okay with your choices. Now I want to be a little clarifier here. I'm not talking like go out and, you know, live a completely narcissistic, hedonistic, self-absorbed life. That's not what I mean, but I think you know that. Okay. I will say this though, 37 years later for me, since I first accepted Jesus into my heart as a 15 year old, Jesus has held. He's the through line of my life and the truest thing I've ever known. I believe in him more now and I love him more now than when I was in my twenties and thirties and thinking I knew all the things. So that one thing hasn't changed, just gotten stronger and better. It's funny for me to think um, my 20s and 30s self <laughs> would maybe be appalled at a few of my views now. Um, the younger me would go so far probably as to say the older me is wrong or a heretic. Um, but oh well, <laughs> oh well. Maybe ask yourself what you used to believe that you just don't anymore. It's kind of a fun exercise in humility. So I'll post a link in the show notes to a few courses and other things. I don't know yet. Um, as always, if this episode or the All That To Say podcast has been meaningful to you, would you consider sharing it 
subscribing to it, rating it, reviewing it, or financially supporting it. Any or all of those mean more to me than you know. And I thank you to each one of you who has done any of those things. So sweet ones, all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloved and always changing daughter of God. And he is so delighted with you, with every version of you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love.